Texas was tested recently by what Nikki and I referred to as Snowmageddon. The official name is Winterstorm Yuri. This week, we salute the hospitality heroes that weathered the storm and provided shelter for families in need. Enjoy this episode of Don't Look Under the Bed. Welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm Robin. And I'm Nikki. This week, we salute the hospitality heroes that have weathered the storm and provided shelter for families in need. How are you today, friend? I'm good. Just, you know, happy that this Thursday things appear a bit more normal and seem to be back on track. Um, As, you know, as the world knows, Houston Mm -hmm. had a very unlikely weather situation uh, for this area. So, you know, the the sun's been out off and on this week, Mm -hmm. but definitely in a much different position than I was in last week. What a difference a week makes. I mean, seriously. So you and I like to refer to it as Snowmageddon, but the official name is Winter Storm Yuri. And a lot of people have mocked us. And I say us as in Texas because of, you know, two to five inches of snow. And they're like, oh, you know, talk to me when you get up to nine, 10, 20 inches or whatever. But the reality is, you know, Houston is not, or Texas period is not built for snow, ice and temperatures below freezing. So yeah. it was a real thing. It, it was a real thing. And I mean, me originally being from Michigan, mm-hmm. um, I go back to when I first came out here to Texas and Houston and looking at the freeways thinking, what do y'all do when it snows? But then, <laughs> I mean, that was my first thought. I'm yeah. looking at these um, interchanges to the beltways. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, who, how that, you know, how does that work? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, just remembering we're in a place where if the temperature gets to the forties, that's considered a cold day. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a whole new setup when it gets, yeah. when it gets below 50 degrees. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think yeah. having been here, uh, I don't know, 20 plus years, yeah. um, had, you know, we've had little situations with the weather, but nothing um, compared to snowpocalypse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not snowpocalypse. <laughs> Two to that five inches took right. down the whole city. <laughs> it really did. How did you all do at your house? Well, I, I'll tell you, I started getting prepared for it on the Saturday before just yeah. because I felt like just, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We saw how grocery stores were pretty much raided yeah. <laughs> going yeah. you know, with people mm-hmm. getting ready to hunker down. So yeah. I started out that Saturday and went out and, you know, purchased more things than I would normally buy yeah. Right. Thinking, okay, we can ride it out in the house mm-hmm. for like three days. You know, day three, we should be good. Right. And I tell you that Monday, waking up, seeing snow on the ground, mm-hmm. it was like, 
okay, you know, check the temperature, talk to a few relatives in Michigan, and it was actually colder here mm-hmm. than it was there. So yeah. that was eye-opening. I think and for here, it was like 12 degrees was yeah. what we got. It was, yeah. mm-hmm. it was 19 in Flint, Michigan. Correct. Exactly. So I was like, ooh, okay. And so on, on Monday, that excitement factor was there with the kids because, mm-hmm. you know, my kids, they were born here in Texas. They yeah. haven't really experienced snow and everything was great. Yeah. And then I noticed my text messages on my phone started slowing down. Mm-hmm. I was having issues connecting to the internet. Yeah. And I thought, well, okay, you know, let's just keep, keep pushing And um, at that point, my in-laws, which live in Pearland, Texas, about 45 minutes away from me, they Mm -hmm. had lost power at their house. And yeah, and I mean, that started the whole thing of calling around. Um, We were looking for them to just go to a hotel in their area. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I really had to put a a pin there because we're going to come back and Mm -hmm. talk about that. Right. Yeah. But they ended up joining me and, you know, my family here Mm -hmm. in the house uh, with their dog. Yeah. So they, they were able to drive up, which surprisingly the South areas of the city, they didn't get it as bad as us in the Northwest right. uh, quadrants. Yeah. You had more freezing and, um, the roads were really bad right up there so we, near you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we were concerned about them coming over here. Yeah. Um, but they took their time and made their way here. Yeah. And uh, again, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so mm-hmm. we really haven't spent very much time with them right. this year. So mm-hmm. they came and they were staying with us and about 3 a.m. Tuesday morning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I woke up and I mean, it was a chill in my house. Yeah. Like I have never experienced before. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was so cold. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, uh, we realized we did not have any power. And so there was no power, mm-hmm. no heat. Yeah. 13 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thank God for instant coffee. Cause I was thought I was really, everybody in the house was about to just <laughs> go mad. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. And you know, my sister-in-law, she lives about 15 minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, they had heat and mm-hmm. power at okay. their house. Yeah. So now we're packing up the mm-hmm. four of us and my dog, my mother-in-law, father-in-law and their dog, and their dog. And we go to my sister-in-law's house where it's four of them and their dog. Oh my so. goodness. So you, <laughs> you know what? And like so many other families, I mean, everybody had to slumber jam it. You know, you had to go to where <laughs> the heat was. <laughs> you had to literally pick up, pack up and go to where the heat was. Um, my yeah. coworker had to do the same thing. You know, she's got two small children and a dog and they were out of power and water and everything. So they had to go to a relative's house as well. Keep in mind during all this, there's still COVID and right. that's right. You know, it's 
it, it's forced everybody to make a decision. Okay. Am I going to freeze, you know, or am I going to go someplace and, you know, and seek some shelter? Um, exactly. And when you're dealing with, you know, children and then older people, mm-hmm. you have to make a decision. Yeah, you do. You, you do. definitely have to make a decision. And I mean, we would go back and forth between their house and our house mm-hmm. just to check on things. Right. Um, yeah. And eventually we did come home, but we mm-hmm. were without power for um, almost, almost like 36 hours. Oh my goodness. And it was rough for a lot of people. Um, for us, I'm feeling kind of guilty to say we did not lose power or water. However, I knew a lot of people that did. And so I was just doing wellness checks and reaching out to everybody that I knew and extending an invitation. Hey, you're welcome to come here. Um, I extended an invitation to like eight families and everybody declined, you know, because the roads were so bad and they're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get there. Um, and it was, you know, the temperatures were dropping every, you know, all day and it was freezing and they were talking about the black ice. So nobody wanted to take the chance of, um, you know, of getting on the road and driving. My cousin yeah. lives in, um, she lives near you in Cyprus and she's got four kids and they were in the car um, with the heat on you know, and slept overnight in the car. Just trying to warm up. Yeah. Just trying to warm up. And I'm like, no, you have to come. I'll even come and pick you up. And she was like, no, we'll be fine. We're just, you know, I'm going to charge up the stuff in the car and then I'm going to go back into the apartment and we're just, you know, hunker down and stay in one room. And I'm like, you have four children. It makes no sense. And like I said, I was feeling so bad because over in my neighborhood, you know, we had we had everything. And then a block over, they had nothing. So all the lights were out and everything. So like I said, I extended invitations to people and, you know, we took out, we took meals to people and stuff like that, but nobody came over to the house and we just sat around, um, sat around the gas fireplace and I turned off everything. And my husband's like, you're really having some kind of survivor's guilt. And I'm like, yeah, I feel bad about having lights on. I'll turn out everything. And I mean, it, I'm like, and turn it off. <laughs> it, it, it was a tough call. Yeah, I yeah. think, you know, people probably want it, but then it's like, we're, mm-hmm. we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Right. And, you know, I don't want that come, was the thing. Yeah. I don't want to come to your house and mm-hmm. I'm sick or you're sick. Exactly. And, or yeah. I get you guys sick, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think a lot of people had a, uh, some tough choices yeah. to make. And yeah. then, you know, there, there's nothing like being kicked when you're already down. Yeah. You yeah. know, you've got people in, in even to touch on, and, um, the fact that like clothing mm-hmm. and gear, yeah. you know, unless you, I mean, like me, uh, when I was working, I traveled to the East coast a couple of times of year. So I have boots and I have a winter coat and Mm -hmm. hats and gloves. You know, I have all those items, but I thought about that with my kids. I'm like, I don't have snow boots for them. Exactly. Yeah. Real winter jackets. Mm -hmm. And 
it it yeah. just it brought a different level of anxiety. Yeah, it was an eye opener to be sure. It was an eye opener. So what about the families that literally had to flee their homes because pipes were bursting? They had kids and, you know, it was freezing and they just could not take it. I mean, they were braving the elements and sacrificing, you know, to go out and find lodging somewhere. The phones were ringing off the hook at the hotels, um, the websites were busy. I checked a lot of um, Marriott's in the area and they were saying um, close to arrival because even the hotels had uh, issues with the generator, with no water, you know, no power. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I, I called two hotels and mm-hmm. one, I called a La Quinta mm-hmm. and because, you know, being in the industry, you, you, you have some sympathy for anybody who's working mm-hmm. during a disaster. Yeah. To me, like that, that's you, you're there, yeah. you know, I, you're mm-hmm. there. I know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to a gentleman at the La Quinta and he told me, um, yeah, we're showing availability online, but it's very possible that we don't have it uh, when you get here because things, things are changing like yeah. every two minutes. Right for right. them. And then, um, a couple of properties that I called down around the Clear Lake and NASA mm-hmm. areas, um, they were telling me, yeah, we have power and water right now, but mm-hmm. we don't know how long that's going to be. And, you know, and I kept apologizing. I'm so sorry for asking you all these questions. Right. <laughs> and, right. But at the same time, I understood exactly what they were saying. Right. Keep in mind, again, I'll bring it up. We're still in a pandemic. It's COVID and all the hotels are working with limited staff. You might have six to 12 people um, managing the hotel and keeping the building alive. Uh, So here it is, you're going from 15% occupancy to hundred percent, you know, within a number of hours, no food, you know, most of the hotels I spoke to no water and the guests were signing a waiver, um, you know, or a disclaimer when they got there to say, Hey, listen, what you're going to get is a room. You know, we don't have any services. We don't have any food and potentially we could be without water. We've put some water in the hallway so that you can flush, but this is the situation. So shout out to the hotels, you know, for taking these folks in and like I said, weathering the storm, you know, and providing shelter for these folks um, in a really, really tough situation because everybody was going through it and take, keep in mind, those people working could not go home, you know, so they're staying at the hotel, right? Yes. I, I talked to a few friends that um, were telling me like, I moved into the hotel on Monday mm-hmm. and I've been working 12 hour shifts Ooh. just trying to accommodate yeah. and take care of the guests that were there. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, just as you said, you've, you've got six to 12 people running the show. Mm-hmm. And if you're in select service, mm-hmm. it may be even less. It may be yeah. three people yeah. that are trying to get it done. So it, um, 
They, yeah, they definitely are the heroes. And mm-hmm. if you've ever been fortunate enough to work through any type of disaster or weather-related situation, it mm-hmm. is not a typical day in the office. No, by it's any not. Stretch. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have a story about a uh, about a time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. Those yes. are points. I mean, yeah. I I look at those situations as definite points on my resume mm-hmm. that, you know, I've I've done that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've been the person delivering towels to displaced guests and yeah. And just seeing the gratitude um, on a guest's face that, you know, here's someone basically meeting them in in a serious time of need Mm -hmm. and just, oh, you know, can I get you this? Or, you know, I know we don't have that, but let me offer you this. And I've made sandwiches in Mm -hmm. the kitchen to hand out to guests. You know, I've I've been a part of those operations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true. So not only did the hotels step up and, you know, open up their doors to, you know, the folks that, um, that needed rooms, but when they sold out of rooms, there were also hotels that let people sleep in the lobby. You know, they were like, listen, we don't have any more rooms available. However, you know, if they had like one of those, uh, great rooms or living room setups, they let people stay there. Um, you know, until they were at capacity. Additionally, um, the convention center opened up as a warming center as well. So again, I'll say it again, you know, it opened up as a shelter during a pandemic and, you know, you just have to do what you have to do um, to keep your family safe. And that really says a lot too. And um, in in looking at uh, some of the news reports where they talked about that, and I'm thinking to, I mean, because a shelter is is a shelter. It's one big open room. Yeah. Uh, maybe cots have been laid out for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you really have to be in some some kind of situation to know that. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I haven't, excuse me, been around even my own family, Mm -hmm. but you know, my, the outlook is so dire that I'm going into um, a shelter type of situation to get warm and stay warm. Uh, You know, that's, that's a, that's a tough call. That's a Mm -hmm. tough decision. It is. It's very tough. Um, so again, shout out to the hotels, shout out to the convention center, um, all these hospitality professionals that stepped up and, and met the needs of the community. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to our favorite grocery store, H-E-B, for, yes. um, for taking care of everybody. I mean, it was a huge situation. People were out shopping when they could go shopping and they were in the store and in the middle of shopping, the lights went out and they lost power at the store. Well, what did they do? Yeah. <laughs> they said, Hey, take what you have and go on about your business. And they let people and- take their groceries home without pay. And um, that's a big deal. It's that, a huge deal. That is a huge deal. Yeah. And 
I mean, just, you know, what, what a blessing. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. who knows how that could have gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and H-E-B, they have always stood up and come through for Texas. Yes, it's true. You know, whether it was a hurricane mm-hmm. or tropical storms, what the situation was. Yeah. yeah. They always come through and I always have to laugh that when, when we're in these situations and all the stores will put out a list of, you know, you can have two waters, you mm-hmm. can have whatever. They always have one brisket. Yeah. <laughs> <On> right. <laughs> That, that's oh, so Texas to me. They like yeah. they have to tell you you mm-hmm. can have one brisket. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. So additionally, HEB, I mean, they let those customers um, go with their free groceries, and additionally, they were um, um, on Ellen, and uh, they have donated a million dollars to support the Houston. I'm sorry, the Texas food banks. So. I mean, they're really, they're really stepping up in a big way, a million dollars to uh, support the Texas food banks. And Ellen highlighted that um, this week on her show, as well as um, Mattress Mac, who opened up his showrooms to be warming centers. Um, I mean, just such a generous, generous man. He's always come through as well. Yes, that's that's exactly what I was going to say is that he always comes through. And I mean, even when I watched the news story on it and, you know, he said, I, I have these beds, I have sofas, there's enough room in these showrooms for people to spread out. Yeah. And they even opened up their um, their cafeteria spaces mm-hmm. and different restaurants yeah. brought in meals to yeah. cater to those families mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. were there. And I mean, that, that just says a lot. Cause yeah. I'm sure he could have been at his house, you know, yeah. fine, ready to go. Exactly. But, but no, he was up- right there making sure yeah. everybody had blankets and that people felt welcome and comfortable and that's hospitality. You know, that's exactly it- what hospitality is. It is hospitality and it comes in so many different waves and uh, forms Yeah, that, yeah. you know, it's, it's helping your neighbor, helping your fellow man yeah. being there for people. And um, I did want to touch on the uh, Hilton West Chase Hotel here in Houston. Yes. Shout them and- out. Yeah. Shout out to them. Um, they were able to assist it was actually one of their clients who was an insurance company and they had a catastrophe team Mm -hmm. that was coming into Houston. And so the hotel was able to house them. And although the kitchen was closed at Mm -hmm. the hotel, they were able to partner up with a catering company Mm -hmm. and get meals uh, to these individuals. And I mean, just what, what a, what a great outcome. Yeah. Yeah, they were able to um, provide shelter for 150 employees and their families. And um, shout out to them again. Um, That's why it's really good for you to have a relationship with the HR director of the company, because they're the ones that coordinate all this. They coordinate the catastrophe agreements um, and they, you know, coordinate, um, these sort of events so that families are able to, you know, seamlessly 
be moved or, you know, placed where they need to go. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. great story. And it's even though, um, even I don't want to say disaster, but mm-hmm. even though these situations occur, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's always interesting how it creates that windfall for the yeah. hotel. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, here we have these hotels that are just 15% occupied, 10%, mm-hmm. you know, just the mundane day to day because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And then, like you said, instantly there's heads and beds yeah. and, you know, now, now there's people walking around where, you know, the week before it, it was nothing. Yeah. It's a ghost you town. Know? Yeah. Ghost town. So. Another uh, hospitality hero I'd like to mention is the uh, owner of the new Blossom Hotel in the medical center. Um, he sent seven people to the uh, home improvement stores and told them to buy up uh, plywood and sheetrock and pipes and, you know, plumbing supplies. And he spent $40,000 of his own money to take care of his associates that had been impacted by this storm. And I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a huge deal. You know, he just said, Hey, take this, go buy whatever, um, whatever is needed and, uh, and send me the bill. And, um, that, that's, that's just another great story of hospitality, um, and just caring and compassion, um, for people. And that's what we do. And, and, and that's, that, and that's exactly my point, just the amount of compassion mm-hmm. and care, um, that, and it is, it's such a huge part of our business and who we are as a company, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to, um, mention our hospitality hero of the week has got to go to the family in Austin that took in the delivery driver um, who was delivering their groceries to them. And they allowed it, allowed her to stay with them for five days. Yes. (laughs) I mean, her Facebook post says stranded with strangers. And I mean, it's an incredible story. And um, her name is Chelsea Timmons. She, she lives in Houston. So her story is that she lives here in Houston. She travels to Austin weekly uh, to make deliveries because she makes more money in Austin. That's a separate story in itself, but she went up there to Austin. She's delivering groceries. Um, The storm is coming. This was her last delivery. She went to get in her car and she had some issues with the snow and the ice. She called um, the tow truck to come and assist her. They said it's going to be two hours. And then they called back and says, you know what? The roads are inaccessible and we can't make it to you. The family invited her in and they invited her to stay. She says, I'll get a hotel. They said, no, because, you know, she says she was going to get like an Uber or a Lyft to get to a hotel and nobody would come pick her up. So they opened up their home to her and that is hospitality. I mean, they didn't think of it. They didn't give it a second thought and she stayed with them for five days. Can you imagine? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I love the picture that um, they had of her with, I, it, the article was published in CNN when mm-hmm. I saw it, mm-hmm. but they had a picture of her with the family dog. Yes. That <laughs> after a couple of days, the dogs were like, okay, you're here. So yeah. let's hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. she's family now, but I mean, that is just such an incredible story. And um, it's an incredible story of hospitality because I don't know if I could open up. Yeah. I don't know if I could open up my home to a stranger, but you know what, given the circumstance, you know, yeah, I could, I could. Yeah. I thought that was just amazing. I mean, I, I did a little grocery delivery for a while. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I mean, that's just an amazing story and it just, it just amplifies the kindness of strangers mm-hmm. looking out for your fellow man. Yeah. Um, people taking care of people. Yeah. All those types of things that, you know, on one hand, you may have thought that was gone. Um, but it's good to see that it's out there and it's happening. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know. Wow. So anyway, so those are the stories of uh, resilience, um, stories of hospitality. Um, I mean, this is the business that we're in. This is what we do. And I'm just proud that uh, we have, you know, there have been lots of stories highlighting Texas and, and, and that, but there are also these stories that are being told um, about the resilience and about the uh, community coming together to help one another. So with that, we want to thank you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Yes. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Don't Look Under the Bed podcast. Please subscribe, like, comment, and tell a friend. We also encourage you to share your stories at stories at don'tlookunderthebed.org.